welcome to the first Paul's Body Engineering Podcast. I'm very excited to bring this series of podcasts to you. It's something that I've been wanting to do for a long, long time. And this year was the year. This year was the year that I wanted to make a difference in regards to where my business was, where my brand was, and, and give myself and plenty of other people that I know an opportunity to just talk and chat. And that's the beauty about podcasting is that we can talk about anything and everything. Obviously, we're going to focus on health and fitness on these podcasts, but you can be real and genuine and, and transparent. And I love that about the opportunity podcasting gives you. So that's what I want to bring. I want to be real. I want to be transparent. And I want to bring you real salt of the earth people that have a great story to tell, have wealth of experience, but are not necessarily your standard famous, insta-famous, celebrity sort of people. I want everyday Joe Blows that have just had a great life experience to share or, or are incredibly relatable, which is very, very important uh, for people to gain inspiration from. But this being my first podcast, episode number one, which I'm very excited to bring you, um, I wanted to run it solo. Firstly, obviously, to get my head around the whole process. But secondly, I wanted to um, just get a feel for how this works and, and, and the opportunity that it brings. So I put it out on my Insta story this week, um, to see if anyone could provide an idea of what I should talk about, particularly on my first one. And a few ideas came back, but one that struck a chord with me was my how I came about being a personal trainer, how, when, and where. And it's a good story because I sit here at 42 years of age, um, and if you had asked me 10 years ago, what would, I, what would I be doing when I'm 42? Personal training would not have been the first thing that came to mind. In fact, it probably wouldn't have come to mind because I was... Um, neck deep in a career in construction. So I thought I would delve into how, when, and where this transition into health and fitness came about because I did a, I did a, a talk um, over in India last year um, where I was, I was very fortunate to get that opportunity over in Gower at the Connect Festival and I spoke about how it's never too late to make a change. You know, one thing that I harp on about quite a lot um, on my videos and in particular with my clients is that we live once. Every single day is an opportunity to do something great. Every single day brings us an opportunity to do something spectacular that we possibly wouldn't already do. And many people around the world take each day for granted. And, and I want to try and um, prove that it's never too late to make a change, whether it be career, whether it be passion, a goal, something that you want to do in life that you think is too far out of your realm, too far out, too far out of reach, or potentially just um, something that you don't think you're good enough to do. And career is a, a perfect example of that, particularly if you're sort of in your late 30s, early 40s, 50s even, and you think, oh, I'm too far gone to, to pursue that now, I'll, I'll just do what I'm doing. Well. I'm walking living proof that you can make a change later in life. I didn't become a personal trainer until I was 36 years old. Now, for most people, they've already established themselves a career path. You know, by the time you get to 36, you generally, and I'm speaking in generalities here, you're generally married, you've got kids, you've got the mortgage, you've, you've sort of done most things, you've, you've got a fair bit of life experience, and you're sort of set in your ways in regards to a career path. You know, you, you've, you've sort of, pursued a career of your choosing, you've done the education or the, the training, and you've gotten to a point where you're quite comfortable. And look, I thought that's me. I thought that was me um, when I was 35. I thought I had parved out a way in a, a path, path out a career path in construction, 
Um, and it was something that I'd fallen into. It wasn't particularly something that I had directly pursued after leaving school. I'd gone on to do university and then I dabbled in a few different jobs before I traveled overseas. But uh, when I was overseas, I actually um, fell into a job in facilities management. And that got, sort of gave me the, the jump start for when I returned for a bit of experience to then get into another construction job and then another construction job followed that and that. 14 years later and I was still in construction having worked my way up um, into various roles with various companies and at the age of 35 I was sort of at the top of the tree in terms of where I thought I wanted to be. I thought that my career had transitioned to a point where I was comfortable you know I was a manager I had staff I had a good paying job um, I was running a construction company I was living local so that was really important to me as well and I thought to myself well you know this is it this is me this is me for the next 20 years I'm, I'm set I'm happy um, I'm, I'm, I'm content but as the time went by in that role I realized that I wasn't really happy I realized that for me, this wasn't the be-all and end-all I thought it was going to be. I kind of had the expectation, having taken the job, that it was going to be the great, the greatest thing for me. It was going to be the, the, the top of the tree in terms of my career path. But in truth be told, it wasn't because I wasn't happy. I was highly stressed. Um, and for those that know the construction industry in Australia, it is incredibly competitive. It is highly... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It is there's a lot of risk involved. Margins are very small, um, so you can't afford mistakes. Um, there's a lot of stress, a lot of um, pressure, particularly in a management role, and with that comes a lot of anxiety. So I was getting through my weeks highly stressed, highly strung, big days, um, and I wasn't really happy. And then you get to the weekend, and by the time you've wound down. Sunday afternoon, evening was upon you and you were getting stressed again because Monday was about to start up again. And it got to a point where I was actually calling in sick on a Monday because I just didn't want to deal with it. Now, many would argue that that is a weak option, that is a, a sort of an easy way out. But when we live in a, in a world now where mental health is such um, at a cataclysmic level, you've got to look after yourself in any way possible. And if that means avoiding situations to sort of keep your stress levels down, then that's what I was willing to do at that point. But what I'm going to do, that, that's sort of the, the, I guess, the sliding door moment. And we often refer to sliding doors where you have a choice in life where you can go down one path or you can go down another and that could potentially lead you to greatness or it could potentially lead you to sadness. Um, and I was sort of at that crossroads. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I didn't know if I wanted to continue in construction. I was, I was clearly unhappy and clearly stressed and I knew that I couldn't go on in that regard. So I needed another opportunity or a new option, but I was, I was set in my ways. I wasn't really comfortable with making a massive change. Um, so it took a lot of things to come together for me to find my career in health and fitness. But what I want to do is I want to take you back to the very beginning because that's where it all started for me in terms of a passion that I really didn't know I had. So when I was in high school, and we're going back to the mid-90s here, um, I went to a private school. And when you're in a private school and you're male, there isn't a high expectation, without there being pressure, but just a high expectation that you play rugby union. That's just how it is. And back, back in the 90s, that's how it was. You know, if you're a male and if you're relatively good at sport, which I was, 
you play rugby union. So that's what I did. And, and, and I had no problem with that because my, my father played union. Um, so it was ingrained in the family. Um, and it gave us obviously something to, to talk about too. And he came and watched me a few times as well, which was really cool. So I played rugby union in high school. Um, having developed a good passion for it because I really liked the sport. Um, I then, after graduating high school, I pursued it at the club level. So I played for the Mighty Swans and um, won a grand final with their Colts team, went on to play in reserve grade and also first grade. And I was fortunate enough over the course of a couple of years to represent the Sunshine Coast as well. So I played at a reasonably high level, which was great. Um, So five years into a a rugby career um, at the local club, I then made the decision to travel overseas, um, which is what I spoke about earlier in this podcast. And I went overseas without an expectation to play rugby, like because I was going, I was intending to travel and just sort of work and hop from job to job. I um, didn't have an expectation to play rugby, so but I did want to do something. I wanted to remain active. Now, while I was still in Australia before I left overseas, I was heavily involved in um, the social aspect of indoor netball. Over in Australia, we have a lot of indoor sport opportunities, um, whether it be soccer, cricket. Uh, indoor netball uh, in particular is a very popular one particularly from a mixed point of view so I was playing that a lot and it gave me the opportunity to obviously socialize Um, it was good for fitness as well and I love the sport it's quite tactical very strategic and um, it's a very under um, I guess unknown sport for males because um, it's obviously a female dominated sport which is cool so I, uh, I played that quite a bit as well. So when I went overseas, I found that there was a, a lot of local um, mixed netball competitions running. So I joined one of them and, and played that. And, and I was fortunate enough to be invited to an invitational um, and represent my country when I was over there. So that was pretty cool. And look, this is only amateur stuff, so it's nothing to, to write home about. But at the same time, it was cool to play at a higher level. Um, so I really enjoyed that component of it. So I got a bit of taste for um, netball at a higher level. So along with the skills and the and the, uh, the mindset and the teamwork that I developed having played rugby for a number of years, I also furthered that um, with uh, netball. So when I decided to come home again, I immediately went, oh, well, I'll go back to my old club and play rugby union. But unfortunately, I just didn't have that same drive. The passion had gone. And look, I'd come back from overseas, so I was slower because I was older. Um, and I was heavier as well because, you know, I'd obviously enjoyed myself overseas. So um, I, I went and did a preseason. I went and played a couple of trials and I just didn't have that, that drive, that motivation that kept me going to want to go through an entire season. And I thought, I'm not going to um, put uh, myself in front of the team. I think the team deserves better. So I pulled the pin on that and didn't play for that season. But I needed something else. I needed um, another sport or another outlet because I was, I've always been an active person. I always enjoy sport. I love watching sport. Um, played a lot of golf. So I needed something um, else to do. And, and when I was overseas and then when I came back, obviously netball was something I went to. So I continued playing that. I also took up Oztag and touch football um, in various capacities. So again, team sports great for fitness, great for socializing, um, and I did that for a number of years. Now, um, move fast forward quite a few years to um, past 2010, and, and um, well, actually it'd be about 2012, I've got to get my dates right here, 2012, 2013, somewhere around then, um, I went through an ugly divorce. Now, 
I'm okay with that. That's cool. That's what happened. This is life. Um, but it's, again, it, it put me in a position where um, I needed something else to keep my mind occupied because it's you know if anyone's been through a separation or a divorce, it's quite traumatic. It's very uh, depressing, and if you don't have the right support and the right mechanisms around you to help you, um, it can be quite hard to get through. So. I found the gym. Now, I'd previously been to the gym on and off over a number of years um, and just dabbled. I really hadn't put any thought into it. I was uneducated in, in regards to weight training. I didn't know too much about it um, other than what I'd seen on TV. Uh, now, flashback to year eight, and I, I still vividly remember this. I was a kid that was fascinated with bodybuilding and in particular, guys with big muscles. Now, that's not a bad thing. It wasn't a weird thing. It was just a quirky thing that I had. And for me, a lot of my books, my school books, were actually covered in pictures of guys like Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and Lou Ferrigno, who were very big bodybuilders back in the early 90s. Um, and Schwarzenegger in particular had only just started his film career. So then he was still renowned as a, as a very successful bodybuilder. So my books were covered in this. When most young boys have cars or motorbikes or you know computer games or whatever on there, I had bodybuilders. So it was, it was a little unusual, but I still remember that. So my interest in the sport had started at a very young age. Now, fast forward back to, you know, 2012, 13, and I started training more frequently because I needed something to sort of keep my mind occupied. I was still working, um, but I wanted to keep myself physically fit. I wanted to feel good. And weight training was an outlet for me. It, it also allowed me to sort of de-stress with all the pressures of the construction job that I had, as well as the pending divorce that I was going through. So I dabbled in that for a long time. I, I, I trained four to five days a week, but I still didn't have the education that I have now. And I was primarily training upper body, you know, typical male knucklehead that didn't train his legs, preferably just train chest and arms because he thought that's what was needed to look good. Um, and that's what it was. But it, it tapped into something for me. It really opened my eyes up to um, more opportunity in regards to a passion because I stuck to it. I stuck to it for a while. And it wasn't until um, I met my then girlfriend, now wife, um, who introduced me to a personal trainer and who effectively was a, a bodybuilder. Um, and I'll give him a plug, Leon Sentome at Body by Leon, um, and who is now a great mate of mine. Um, I, I met him and started training under him. He was a personal trainer at the gym that I, I joined up with my, um, my then girlfriend. And all of a sudden, everything just opened up and it all made sense. Um, how to train more appropriately to what you want to achieve. Um, obviously supported nutrition too, which I had no clue about back then. Um, I actually remember an incident when I was training, I was at a Jets, 24 hour Jets, and I was in there training. I'd been training pretty hard, like really working myself over for a good couple of months. And I went up to the manager one day and I said, mate, is there, is there someone here that can give me a hand? Like I've been training, I've been busting my backside for, for months on end here now, and, and I've seen no change. I've seen no change whatsoever. And knowing what I know now, stupid me back then didn't realize that I needed to obviously be in a calorie surplus to expose some muscle and eat better. Because I was, go I was thinking, oh, I've got to bulk, I've got to, I've got to eat heaps to, to grow. So I was going home and having Maltesers and chocolate milk and I was just eating all sorts of crap. Um, thinking this is what I need to do to, to get massive. Um, when in truth be told, I, I needed to think the opposite. But uh, again, being naive and not knowing, that's what happens. So, you know, I, I, um, my beautiful 
now wife, then girlfriend, had introduced me to Leon. Leon started me, uh, started training me. And um, before you knew it, it, like I said, my world had opened up. I thought, oh, wow, how good is this? You know, I'm training all these different muscle groups that I didn't know. It wasn't just about chest and arms. Legs as well was getting a, getting a good hammering. Um, and I started training, you know, five, six, seven days a week even. Um, it was great. And I could see some changes happening because I was doing it the right way. Um, and then not before too long, I realized that Leon actually started coaching people to bodybuilding shows. And I thought, wow, maybe this is something, this is my opportunity. You know, I've been, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. Um, you know, I've been following bodybuilders and, and, and sort of um, really interested in, in the male physique and how to develop it for a long, long time, not knowing how it's done. And all of a sudden, here's an opportunity for me to potentially um, get on stage and, and have a crack. Um, and so I approached him about it and I spoke to him and he said, yep, let's do it. And, you know, it, it, it was an 11-month process to get to stage. So that, that's a whole other story. But during that time and, and how my, my sort of my world and my eyes have been open to, to health and fitness in particular weight training, was, it was also the time where I was getting to a highly stressful point in my construction career. And the two just sort of coincided and, and it dawned on me and obviously having discussions with my girlfriend at the time um, who was incredibly knowledgeable and just a, a, a wealth of knowledge in terms of thinking logically, it, I decided that it was time to make that change. And I hated change back then um, and she'll attest to this, I hated change. I hated making change that uplifted or uprooted my routine, but I knew it needed to be done because I couldn't travel on the path that I was on with the career that I was doing. It just wasn't going to work. It wasn't sustainable in my eyes. So come tax time, I got a nice big tax return and rather than putting it on some debt or spending it, whatever, I threw it back and reinvested it and enrolled in college. And I did it on a whim. I didn't think about it. I didn't overanalyze it. I just went, you know what? I've got to get this done. So I run them up, paid over the phone and booked myself in. So I was enrolled in um, to do my personal training certifications. But of course, I was still working full time, so and I had to maintain that job, so I had to study at night. And ironically, I'd also started my prep for my bodybuilding time on stage under Leon, so all of this sort of um, transpired at the same time. So for 14 weeks while I was at college, um, it was a pretty, pretty hard time in terms of uh, time management, and obviously I was quite tired during that period because I was studying at night, so I was studying from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at night. I was working a full day, five days a week, from uh, 7 a.m. through to about 4 p.m., 4.30 p.m. And then because I was prepping for a show, I was also getting up at 3 a.m. to get to the gym before work. So the days were quite long. And, and on top of that, I was dieting, and I was still a dad, so I had a daughter to look after as well. So it was a big test for me in terms of getting what I wanted out of life but still managing all the finer details as well. But I got it done because I graduated after 14 weeks. I got my certificates. I got my uh, qualifications. Um, and then I pursued a, a career in health and fitness. And that's the story as to how I became a PT. That's the crux of it. So it had clearly been building up for a long time. I just didn't see it until um, at a certain point at that sliding door moment where I was introduced to a trainer and, and my eyes were opened up into the world of weight training in particular, which is obviously something that I focus on a lot. Um, and yeah, that was the crossroad and that was the point where I made that decision. And looking back on it now, 
best decision I ever made, hands down. Like, don't get me wrong, it's been a tough road and, and it's been six years for me in uh, the career as a personal trainer and, a, and now a bodybuilding coach and sports nutritionist and obviously everything else that I do. But the first, like I, I spoke about this at length in my talk uh, in India. And if anyone wants to watch that talk, it is available on my YouTube channel. Just search Paul's Body Engineering and you'll find it. But I spoke at length about how I went really tough and, and my wife will attest to this and she was incredibly supportive of me through this period. We were very lean, like income was not strong. Um, for 12 months, it was it was really hard to make any money. We had to move back in with my parents to, to save money because we couldn't afford to, to rent at that point in time. So it was a really tough period, but we pushed on, we pushed through. And I've got to give my wife a huge amount of credit because she backed me 110% the entire way. Even when we were doing it tough and I, I wanted to throw in the towel a couple of times, she convinced me not to. Um, she was um, intrinsic in setting up certain aspects of my business to make them function better, make them more fluid. And even to this day, she's still a sounding board for ideas that I have. I always run them by her and she will give me a no BS answer. She will tell me black and white, yes or no, if it's a good idea, if it's a bad idea, if it needs work. Um, and that's why um, she's just been in my corner and I love her for it. But um, for me, it has been a, an incredibly um, great six years. Um, I think from a point of view of a career path that I didn't expect to have, it's, it's blown me away at how I am now happy to and proud to say that I am successful in the world of personal training because as most people know, it's a saturated market. There are PTs everywhere and it's a really hard thing to get going and, and create a business that is profitable. Um, but here I sit doing a podcast, which I never thought I'd do. You know, I, I own and run my own gym. Um, as I've mentioned before, I'm a personal trainer. I prep a lot of clients as well. So I'm a bodybuilding coach. I'm a sports nutritionist. Um, I also have had the opportunity for the last four years to write for PT on the net, which is the world's largest online resource for personal trainers and gyms. So I write for them um, several times a year and that's a paid gig as well. Um, I also got the opportunity, as I've mentioned twice already, to speak internationally and talk about my story, which was a great experience. And now I can call myself a podcasting host as well. So it's a, it's a, it's a great job, don't get me wrong, I love it. It's one of the best jobs in the world you'll ever get. You get to work with numerous amounts of people from all different backgrounds, all different lives, all different um, calibers, all different personalities. And it's something that um, I can see myself doing for a long time. And that's the biggest difference because when I was in construction, I, I couldn't see myself lasting because of the stress. And don't get me wrong, this job has stress. Like I'm working for myself, so um, I'm reliant on me to do all the marketing, do all the bookkeeping, do all the cash flow management, all the stuff behind the scenes that you don't see. It's not just about face-to-face -face training. I also obviously offer um, extensive online training as well. So I work with people all over the world. So I've got to make sure that the service I provide is of a very high standard to ensure that I retain all my clients because I, I don't want them leaving me and obviously um, moving on somewhere else where they think they're going to get a better, uh, a better service. So it's important to me that I do the right thing by them. So um, I guess in closing, this um, job has obviously opened the doors to many opportunity. Um, I'm the happiest I've ever been. I'm probably the healthiest I've ever been. Um, it allows me to work my own hours whereby I can pick my kids up from school, drop them off, I see them on weekends, 
all that sort of stuff. So that is certainly something that I'm incredibly proud of. All the hard work that I've gone done to get to this point um, has been paying off. And obviously, this is by no means the end game. I've got a lot more um, boxes to check in terms of a career path in health and fitness. And obviously, one of them being this podcast, which I hopefully will uh, continue to do. And look, the, just going onto this podcast and what I intend to do with it, um, I wanted to, as I mentioned at the start, I want to interview people in and around health and fitness that might have had a uh, might have a career in health and fitness. They might um, have had a lot of experience. They might have done a transformation. They might have done a lifestyle change. They might have had um, a life changing moment where they've changed their lives. They've quit smoking, quit drinking, um, given up something to better themselves. Um, so I wanted to be genuine, real people, and obviously that's what we want to portray because that's so, totally relatable. Everyone can relate to situations and experiences like that. So that's where that's going to head. Um, but for now, um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. This has been a great experience. It's still a learning curve for me doing this podcast because I really don't like the sound of my own voice. But in saying that, I think um, it can benefit people that tune in because whenever you listen to a podcast, and I'm a big podcast listener, it's always something you can take away from from the podcast that you listen to. Obviously, if it's relative to a goal you've got or a, a lifestyle change you want to make or something like that, if you listen to podcasts often enough, there's generally a message in there that you can take away. Even if it's 1%, that's 1% that you didn't know before. So it's important that um, during these podcasts, I provide that information, that content, that education, and obviously the motivation that comes with that to show people that they can make a change. It's never too late. And that's the take-home message today. So um, at 42 years of age, I'm very content in where I'm at. I'm very content in the job I've got, and I'm very happy to be working with so many amazing people. So the to answer the, the person's question that asked this one, um, the when, I explained, um, and as well as the how, the process I got to this point, and the why is purely because, one, I needed a career change, two, I wanted to work in an environment that I was much happier about, and three, I wanted to work with people and help. And that's, I think, the important thing is that we can help. So thank you very much, guys. Um, please, if you enjoy this podcast, uh, screenshot it and share it on your social media or on Insta Story. Tag myself uh, at Paul's Body Engineering. Um, if you're interested in any coaching inquiries, please check out paulsbodyengineering.com. And as I say to every single client, every single day after I've trained them in my facility, have a great day.